start off this episode, I know a lot of us have been starting as data scientists is a very common procedure for you to read articles from Medium to our data science to get some wisdom from what other people have been doing in terms of technology and new knowledge coding skills. And that is how I discovered your profile at Mont. I'm in a company which we are fo focusing on the attribution model project. Looking through many articles, I was caught attention by how you're introducing things. You have several articles um, titled named for dummies. And I really yeah. like the style, style how you introduce data science, a uh, rather complex topic in very plain language and in step-by-step -step also with some touch of your humor. So as uh, someone who is involved in data, I like how you focus on developing your own image and branding. That's why I invited you to the show today, not only because of your good knowledge base, but I also wanna, I think it's a very distinct area that we haven't explored. How as data scientists, we can move forward, not only focusing on our career, but also package ourselves as a, as a whole package. So yeah. very excited to have you on the show today at Font. Welcome to the for Future. I really appreciate, uh, really <laughs> glad to be here, Tammy. And I'm glad that you found the, some of the articles helpful to you. Uh, at the very least because uh, first of all, I love writing and, and always I want to share uh, my experience, but sometimes even mistakes and just to share with my readers. And I love mm -hmm. to break things down uh, into a very simple way for people to understand. As you know, data science could be very complex sometimes depending mm -hmm. on the page that you look for. Yeah. So the break, you know, complex concepts into cool. understandable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So since you're marketing and packaging yourself in many different ways, how would you go about introduce yourself? Yeah, great question. Uh, you, I think that depends on uh, the occasion that I'm attending. So, so usually how I would introduce myself right, as, a, as a data scientist, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I would just say, hey, I, I'm a data scientist. I've been working uh, for, for how many years you know, in whatever industry. And um, I also do data science writing from time to time for different publications. I also love sharing. And okay. therefore, sometimes I also attend meetups to speak at their events, and also some conferences to share mm -hmm. my knowledge and, and my experience with others. So this is how I got started. And uh, to me, I really love sharing knowledge with others. I think mm -hmm. collectively, we all can learn together. Instead mm -hmm. of me, myself, I'm learning on my own, you know, uh, sure. courses. I think the community to learn together will be much more efficient. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are many aspects because I've read through many of your blog articles and I find them really inspiring. Many aspects I would like to touch upon, but to introduce you to our audience better, to tell them about a bit more about what you do, what specific area do you focus on? Maybe you can tell us how did you get into data science and then what your journey has been so far? Yeah, great. Uh, so maybe let me do a brief summary of that. Um, originally, I was a, a physics student back then, I think almost three years ago, and I still didn't know what to do. But then uh, after I attended my first overseas internship at CERN, and it's mm -hmm. in Switzerland, so it was a particle physics institute. So I found, so I attended the first machine learning workshop there. Mm -hmm. And I found it very fascinating because I didn't know about this at all before I, I went there. 
So after the internship, I went back to Singapore. I self-studied the topics and I started you know, knowing more about data science. Back then, it was still a bit new, at least in Singapore. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the learning materials are kind of scattered around. So it was very difficult for me to learn. Uh, but still, I tried to learn from different resources, went to meetups, learning from people from LinkedIn, uh, reading articles on Medium. So this is how I got started. You didn't plan to take a course or a school? I didn't really plan to take a formal school, so to speak, mm-hmm. but I learned from Udemy, Coursera, all these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. And so if, the, mm-hmm. if uh, there are people who want to go into data science ask you like should I take a master or should I just go by myself and do what exactly what you did do you have one side that you think is more favorable than the other yeah to me I think uh, I'll ask them another question just to prompt them like really depends on what you want so if you really want to do some cutting edge data science deep learning AI reinforcement uh-huh. learning then you might want to consider going for a master or even PhD sometimes. Mm. Um, on the other hand, if you just want to go for a general, you know, data science problem solving, mm-hmm. then you don't need a master at all. I think even bachelor uh, with your own data science portfolio, mm-hmm. I think you'll be happy as well. Yeah. But then it comes to question too many. Of course, I can learn from Udemy. I can get a course certificate from Coursera. How do I land a job with that? Everyone is asking for experience, knowledge. And if I don't start, I don't have background, I cannot knock the door open for my first experience and then I cannot move forward. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I found that as well. I struggle with this. Like, especially when you're a fresh grad, you go out to look for a job and people mm-hmm. need a fresh grad to have a work experience, which is kind of contradicting sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you get experience when you are just starting out? I think... Um, if you are just starting out, for me, I would mm-hmm. say try your best to build a data science portfolio. So that time, I gradu- I tried to try my best to graduate earlier, like one semester mm-hmm. before, but I didn't go for a full-time job after that. Instead, I went for a, a full-time internship in data science field just to build my portfolio. And a lot of mm-hmm. people were just, why do you do that? Why, why don't you just look for a full-time job, you know, get the mm-hmm. full-time pay? Uh, but I, I, I look for the long-term kind of goal that I wanted to go. Mm. So I sacrificed the short-term gain. Mm-hmm. The but then I learned a lot. Uh, from there, I started building up my portfolio. And when I'm, I was ready, and I started looking for a job. Uh, meantime, uh, I also did a few of some of the so-called freelance data science projects. So this is how I built my portfolio. Not just mm-hmm. relying on the internship, but also external you know, data mm-hmm. science projects or from Kaggle. That caused my attention because you were just an intern, but how did you get more freelance jobs on data science? Yeah, exactly. So um, usually when you were studying out, you just want to get experience. People won't really want to pay for that. And that's mm-hmm. how I got the pro bono projects, like unpaid for the first okay. mm-hmm. project. Just to get started, yeah. Yeah, so, so you're searching for, yeah, pro bono. You want an opportunity to learn and you want a real life projects to work on, I guess. And don't forget of, to get their testimonials. Very important. Ah, <laughs> where, do they, right? where yeah. do they offer testimonials for you? I, I would try to put it on the table first before I started. Like, I'm going to help you to do this project for free. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. in return, can you help me write 
a testimonial after the project. Uh, you yeah. mean to put it on LinkedIn? Yes, LinkedIn okay. or your website. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. So I'm just digging deeper and deeper because I find your path starting from zero and to develop yourself into a data scientist and package your own branding, very fascinating. And with that being said, I believe like among the, the whole 360 image you're building for yourself, one part of it is publishing articles, another part is being speakers, but just to put yourself out there. And you also mentioned you like teaching. I cannot agree more. Like the opportunity to teach really helps to enhance and give clarity for the knowledge is it's win-win for many people so would you want to touch on some aspects of those maybe your article your talks and or your teaching to tell people how do you get into it and then what's your goal when you're doing them agreed um yeah as you say i i touch on different aspects so right there mm -hmm. speaking i actually didn't go into this all at once but uh I've, i didn't even know i, I love speaking so i started off by writing on uh -huh. Medium. I remember my first article was how I got into data science from physics. Uh -huh. So that was my first article. Uh -huh. uh, and surprisingly, I got a lot of comments from others, you know, messages from LinkedIn saying that, hey, I found your article really helpful, inspiring. And this is how I got uh, started. Like, hey, actually, people found my article helpful. And uh -huh. that really motivated me a lot to continue sure. writing uh, mm -hmm. from there onwards. So that's how I got started in writing. So I, I, I have been doing that for like um, almost a year, like consistently mm -hmm. writing, just sharing and helping out. So mm -hmm. meantime, um, I, I started to chance upon speaking opportunity. Like people uh, approached me to ask, hey, are you interested in attending this meetup just to speak, you know, just mm -hmm. to share your journey? And this is how I got started because uh, it was quite... Uh, a corporate meetup and I didn't expect uh -huh. me myself to go in uh -huh. so that was a very weird moment because at that meetup at a bank in in Singapore I okay. was sharing the stage with another CTO from another big company and I was like oh okay. yeah I was like she just shared his stuff and, and got so pumped up the audience and me myself the second one going up to share my story I'm mean, just uh -huh. I didn't to me right uh-huh um, but after that, I really found speaking very, uh, very fascinating because after the speaking, people just came up to me. Hey, I really love your the topics, found your journey inspiring, and that is how I got started to continue uh -huh. speaking. So it all started with, uh, with kind of give a thought about how you get started into data science, the transition, and people yes. give you good feedback. I was like, okay, I can explore more topics and go further in this path. Yes, exactly. Okay, interesting. That's how I, I started uh, learning that I really love sharing and teaching. Mm -hmm. So why not I go into the teaching field instead? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that uh, prompted me to left my previous job to join as a data science instructor. Okay. Do you have course published in any platform like Udemy, Coursera? Oh yeah, I do have a, a personal brand course for data uh -huh. scientists uh, uh -huh. that I host on a website in partnership with other people. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, I do have an online course like this. And, and it's not the technical part of data science, but how you're going to build yourself, right? Uh, 
uh, as the data scientist in terms of okay. Maybe you can share some highlights throughout the interviews. That would be really interesting yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, because a, to be honest, from our perspective, when we talk about data for our podcast, the audience are tend to be very interested to learn about data in general. But when the episode that really caught catch attention would be they really wanted to learn how do people transition into data science. It's yeah. more is very tailored toward our audience space. So it'll be really interesting to see. On the other right. side, personally, I have a podcast as my content outlet, but I'm very fascinated by writing a blog, an article. The idea is not that easy for me because for me, writing is something I haven't really break into and from, there's some hesitation. So I'd like to know from your side, how did you, you, you talk about you started your first article, but now how do you, keep it flowing and how do you choose your topics? How does the process work when you want to write a blog article? Yeah, good, good question. I think uh, here comes the technical parts, like uh -huh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what topics to choose. And so there are quite a bit of things that I would take care of. Like, um, so in terms of topics, so what people love to share, uh, usually I will do some research on Quora, uh, Buzzsumo, this kind of platform to understand uh -huh. like, what is the keyword that people are searching now in data science space? And I remember uh, there was one article that went viral unexpectedly. I didn't do any research for that. I, I just felt like um, a lot of people are, are wondering what is p-value in uh -huh. p-value statistics in data okay. science. And I said, hey, why not just write this article to, to really break things down, like to explain uh -huh. what is p-value. Mm -hmm. I remember when I first wrote this article, I spent one whole day just to write this. It's really time consuming. Yeah. And when I first published it, it was, oh my God, and my phone was just pinging me before the notification. This, oh, this really? article just went viral. Right? I was, uh -huh. whoa, okay. So you publish um, Medium? Were you publishing on Medium? Yeah, publishing on Medium, towards data science, but it got republished everywhere now. Okay. Um, uh -huh. So, so media was the start, and mm -hmm. I just realized that uh, if you really share something that really people care about, like mm -hmm. not just p-value, but uh, I found it, in, especially in data science, when you talk about something related on career, how you go into data science, yeah. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, how you transition, uh, what you should learn, all these, instead of the very technical things, but if you really mm -hmm. touch on these things, uh, you tend to get more traction in yep. articles. I guess so your really audience like. is bigger in that sense. I actually didn't have much audience back then. I leveraged on the audience from the publications. Uh -huh. So I really want to say a special thanks to Tours Data Science. They accepted mm -hmm. me, even mm -hmm. I got nothing when I first started. Yeah. yeah, well, that's yeah. one aspect about how you write uh, based on the kind of trend, the buzzwords but on the other side also I guess it's also another trend as well not only you write about data science personal branding you also write about meditation cold showers <laughs> reading yes. uh -huh. yeah. I, I really appreciate like when I read your article you have this touch of honesty and exposure that you are really sharing from deep down with the audience and uh, I'm curious to see how you decide to touch on such broad topics and yeah, just what's the relationship between data science and meditation? You put them together into your blog. 
Yeah, on the surface, there's actually not much relationship. Uh-huh, um, okay. I recently started sharing these different topics other than the earth science because I really felt the need to write that. I've been wanting to write these kind of topics, uh, uh-huh. not for the motivational purpose, but to jot down my thoughts, uh, how I feel about things. Uh-huh. I think coach, you know, all these mundane day-to-day stuff, but I think it's very important to, to know. And if you read the meditation article, something that I feel very strongly is the, the part of mindfulness. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that made me decided to, you know, join this five days meditation at a temple. And that was a very last minute decision. I just took a leave a few days back. So mm-hmm. but I, I was glad that I took the, the decision because I really learned a lot on the mindfulness and I felt like more people should really learn more about this topic. People don't was, talk about this method, right? Yeah. Was it your first time trying it? And During you just the went, retreat. Yeah, you just went directly for five days. Yes, yeah. I was and, actually looking for this uh, face-to-face retreat in Singapore. Mm-hmm. And I, when I found this opportunity, I just said, hey, I got to go for it. Okay, and then was <laughs> it a silent retreat? Yeah. Five days silent retreat, no talking with your people over there. How difficult was it? Was it? <laughs> it was super difficult because the first day I went there, our phones got you know stored somewhere else. We didn't have any wow um, access uh-huh. to our phone. We couldn't talk. Uh-huh. After one day, the next day, uh, we got more and more used to the this call this thing called normal silence. Uh-huh. Actually, I felt like actually being silent. Uh, it's a luxury nowadays, you know, when you go out. Uh-huh. You I agree. Uh-huh. To keep silent, even when eating, especially with your friends, you feel the urge, the tendency to talk with others, otherwise you just feel awkward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that experience makes you realize that somehow, you know, keeping silence is, is a much needed thing in our life to, to find deeper more about, about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. There is so from your perspective, it's not that related to theta science, but it's overhaul nurturing for your your mental and the physical health. Yeah, exactly, and and that somehow also translates to your career because we need to fix ourselves before we fix others' problems. So, yeah, you know, it's kind of always yeah, 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 absolutely. And uh, like just to continue with my question, you also touch upon cold shower. I know there are many books talks about that as well. Like many people recommend it. Personally, that's something I haven't practiced. Meditation, yes, but um, cold shower, no. <laughs> Did, so do you absorb your idea from different media or you like reading books? How do you start to know, okay, I want to try this. Okay, I want to practice that. And realize, okay, this is actually good. Great question. Um, I have been hearing this cold shower stuff a few years back, but I, mm-hmm. I tried, but then I, I feel I, I went back to the same style. But one book really changed my thoughts uh, when I first read it. It was a book about a father's advice to his son. <laughs> I know it feels weird, but there was a chapter talking about taking cold shower and then made me you know, give it a try. So I took a challenge, 30 days challenge to try on the cold shower. Just without, set a challenge with yourself. Like, I'm yes. gonna do 30 days. No matter how cold the morning is, I just the shower. Mm-hmm. And after that challenge, I just couldn't stop because mm. every time when I 
fresh cold shower nowadays. I feel more refreshed and, and really pumps me up to start my day right. But of course, okay. hot shower is much more comfortable. You know, take shower and stuff like that. But somehow it makes me feel a bit sleepy and not motivated enough to do stuff. But on the on a on a health perspective, of course, taking cold shower um, is to me more is much healthier because it makes your immune system stronger. Uh, yeah. To me, at least, I I I feel less sick nowadays. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I go showers, but you can give it a try. No for sure, for sure. I, I did usually uh, take a shower and at the very last minute turn it. Oh, I'm progressing. I also believe it's also it's all in your mind. Like you need to set your standard differently, or you turn your mind the other way around to have different beliefs, and then you can just do whatever with your body and enjoy the benefits. Exactly. Well, from, yeah, you shower the first thing uh, in the yeah. morning. Shower, right? You you yeah. you make yourself do the first difficult task in yeah, the yeah. morning. That makes you more confident right, to do the rest of the thing. So. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, so I think we dive a little bit away from Plata, but also it, I think meanwhile it's very relevant because nowadays, as we know, mental health, how to develop resilience within yourself, develop discipline, is all very important, is very inherent for no matter which career path you're in, actually. But I want to talk with more about the data side with you. Like, in by being a data scientist, what kind, which area are you focused in? What's your mission? And yeah, what are you doing with data science? We currently, currently at this current stage, mm-hmm. yeah, I think my personal goal is really to make uh, data science accessible to everyone. So this is my personal mission, and I, I just want to combine both data and technology to help others, be it teaching, empowering others. So this is how I stay so passionate about data science, even now mm-hmm. to this. Um, send. So now I'm, I'm still teaching, but I'm also working sideline uh, on one of the startup that I'm building on is on mm-hmm. a, a marketing attribution that you also mentioned in the beginning. And, and the reason of doing this is because um, Throughout my consulting journey with my clients, uh, they also shared with me this common challenge. Hey, I can't track my marketing spend and ROI when they run ads in different channels. So this yeah. is how I got started. I started building on this idea. And yeah, so this is something that I have been working on. I really look forward to sharing more once this is launched soon. Yeah, yeah. but maybe you can we can go deeper into the idea. Let's say if a company is running, it's very complicated. It's very normal nowadays. Company go three sixty ways about their marketing. <laughs> yeah. They go social media, Facebook. They do content marketing. They go Google ads. If there are app in the store, they also fight for the keyword. How? What is the challenge here to bring everything together? Is it the data source integration? Is it the platforms are not tracking too well? What real challenge are you solving here? I think the main, there are different big challenges in marketing attribution, but the main a few one are the, the channels, each of these channels doesn't really talk to each other. So you have to figure out a way to get them all together in one place. So integration mm-hmm. is one thing. Second thing is the data privacy, GDPR, all these. 
you know, if you want to really link everything together, yeah, to pinpoint you know one customer, it, yeah, yeah, uh, you have to tackle this data privacy stuff, meaning that you yep. have to be able to track uh, without violating the data privacy gate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So but I also see because I work in this topic as well, and yeah. one challenge I see is. We all know a customer went through the multi-touch point journey and then they go back and forth. Every people is doing different things. They check your Instagram for a moment, then your website, then oh, they saw you on TV and then they search you on Google. And after two months, they come back, maybe an Instagram post encourage them to buy. And that's the attribution we're talking about, you know, like after seeing through all this, which touch point really encouraged the customer to buy and the revenue, which channel should we distribute it to? And you explain really well in your blog article that there are just many ways to do it. You can do the first touch, last touch, mm-hmm, um, yeah. time decay. But now I think the industry trendy idea is to use the scientific approach, right? Mm-hmm. With the Markov yeah. chain, or I think it's called SPACY, the two methodologies. Mm-hmm. Still like with the methodology, like you mentioned, it's hard to link all those steps together because like you said very well, the platforms don't talk to each other. And is that some challenge you face as well with your company or is something you got a solution for? Yeah, exactly. So this is something that uh, we, are, we are fixing it now. We don't, uh, I think it is hard to really get 100% accuracy. If you can do it, uh, people come and just find you, especially the government. Like, how can you yeah, pinpoint yeah. so accurately people, right? Mm-hmm. So what we're trying to do here is um, we're going to increase the accuracy of data tracking uh, because uh, marketing attribution is one thing, but at the very core, mm-hmm. it's about the tracking part. How are you able to track people mm-hmm. before you run mm-hmm. the marketing? So it doesn't matter how fancy the model is if you're not able to track people properly, sure. mm-hmm. the rest will fail. So we're fixing this uh, the root cause. So uh-huh. there, are, as you said, there are many different ways to track that. Um, so how we are doing it, uh, the common way of doing it nowadays is to use cookies, which is yep. the ones on your browser, on your phone. But we want to uh-huh. move beyond cookies. We want to use some uh, identification that we already got consent from the visitors, like the email, right? Stuff uh-huh. like that. And with some combination of the algorithm matching, we aim to match these kind of customers to form a full journey uh, for our users. So this is something that we aim to achieve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So as I imagine, you're in the area and space of data science where we don't really have an identified package solution for a certain problem. And as a data scientist, it's, it's, not, it's always normal because we are constantly exploring and opening up new fields and you are at the front state of this area of marketing distribution. How do you go about absorbing new knowledge, develop your knowledge base and developing new methodology? How do you learn? How do you develop? I see. I think to me, um, I usually try different ways of checking it out. Uh, of course, the conventional way is by reading articles, watching videos and all these things. But all these are shared by people from their historical experience. So uh-huh. if I want to see what's going on right now, I talk to people, uh, maybe to look for those other marketers who are using uh-huh. marketing attribution, to understand how they are using this nowadays. And it turns out that 
despite the fact that people say, hey, nowadays they are doing data-driven marketing, when I really ask them, what are you doing now? They just told me I'm using uh, first-click attribution, last-click attribution, that's it. I call uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. So it turns out that the data-driven marketing is not that forefront as we thought of. Mm-hmm. And that's why we want to really bring these, that the long-term goal of, of, uh, of me here is that in future, uh, I hope to bring this data-driven marketing for small businesses uh, before just the big players playing around. I want to level off the playing field so that more people can gain access mm-hmm. to this data-driven marketing. And the reason why we want to tackle marketing attribution first is because that is like a baseline. You mm-hmm. can't track, you don't know what's going on, you can't improve it. Of course, there are many different marketing stuff that you can do, social media marketing, right? influencer marketing. But attribution parts is like a baseline. You don't, you can't do what you don't know. So, uh, so this is the thing that we are trying to do here. Mm-hmm. And then, when we are talking about attribution, do you actually like what KPIs do you usually look for? Right. The, I think the KPI depends on the industry and the, the business that we are in. But now, what we are looking for is more the e-commerce side. So, as could be the purchase, could be the revenue, right, the common one, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. could be the ROAS, the 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 return of ads in, uh, investment, stuff like that. So these are the main KPIs that we're optimizing using mm-hmm. our, our model here. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you have different different other conversions like the leads, the email, subscription, trial, mm-hmm. so all these could be part of the KPI in future. Yeah. yeah. So very, very cool and interesting areas and questions to think about. As I'm developing more, the particular challenge I'm facing, I explained to you before as well, because because of our brand identity, we cannot yes. do ads on certain platforms or majority of the platforms. <laughs> so for us, the marketing is more, when you said being able to track is important for us, it's just impossible to track. And I've been facing this problem for quite a while and looking through the internet, the current solutions, everyone say they have a methodology, but in the end, mm-hmm. Not really. Yeah. We are we're exploring together. So hopefully one day we'll kind of get more clarity and then find a good way to attribute this. In the end, it it offers the business really important insight about where you should delegate more money and uh, to gain more effectiveness for marketing. So I do believe it will be a very important and useful tool. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so what what books and channels, blogs are you following now? Right, um, I think books-wise, I always share with others. If you are starting out, there's a Bible. You have to really read it. It's called um, uh, An Introduction to Statistical Learning. So this is like a Bible uh, in data science to me, at least. This is the mm-hmm. first book that I read when I first started out. Uh, so that gave me a very strong fundamentals of what machine learning is mm-hmm. and how the, uh, other models are built on top of this mm-hmm. uh, in a very simple way. So this book is a must read if you, you are just starting out. Okay. The second book that I find very intuitive and easy to understand it is the book written by Andrew Bukov, I think. Yeah. The, the name is The 100 Page Machine Learning. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, 100 Page Machine Learning. We, uh, we'll link really all the... Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
we'll link all the books in the show notes and share with our audience. And go ahead, explain the book. Oh yeah, I mean the the books was really well. I think he's still updating the book from time to time. So if you're really uh interested in machine learning and deep learning, how do you really uh under underlying architecture, what it means, how the model is built, right? Mm -hmm. Without just using the built-in library out there. I think yeah. this book can really give you a, a high level understanding how things work. Uh -huh. Cool, yeah. cool, cool. So there is a books, blogs. And another thing I read from your blog, which personally I think is hyper, hyper important, is have a good mentor when you're developing into a data scientist or no matter what field you're in. How do you go about finding your mentor? Wow, very good. I think that's super true. Uh, having a good mentor in your career is definitely mm -hmm. helpful. Uh, to me, how I find my mentor is, uh, I, I will try to join some community of meetups and meetups. try to mm -hmm. learn from there, um, especially on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. When I first started out, uh, there was a hyperactive data science community with some of the, the leaders, so-called in data science field. And I just learned from their posts what they what challenges they face, how they fix that, how they learn. Okay. And I just learned from them. Um, and that What's really the, helped us. What's compared the name to of just Sorry, the name of what's the name of the community? Um, there are different profiles, LinkedIn names. It's not really, okay. a, but together they form a community. I learned okay. from different data science leaders. Uh, one of them, of course, Andrew Bakorov. I learned from him a lot in terms of the NLP mm. and the machine learning pipeline. Cassie, a uh -huh. chief, yeah, then chief data chief decision scientist in Google. Yeah. Google, yeah. a lot of stats, especially the p-value parts. Really thanks for that. Yeah, I, uh, I get to know her from your blog article because you oh, were really speaking highly, so I checked her really out. And, yeah. yeah, and she has a very natural ability to explain stuff, mm -hmm. which I, I'm still learning, right, from Cassie, how she explains things. Yeah, so a, a very good sense of humor and bring real life into yeah into human language data science into human language i mm -hmm. really appreciate your article when you shared like the the top mentors in the field of data science i actually looked through each single one of them and through some that's based on my interest and profile and the followed i think it's a very solid way to find people who are in your style speak language that you can understand to continue learning on the other side, I th I was wondering, because this kind of mentorship, you get knowledge from them, but it's almost one-way mentorship. You get exposure to whatever they publish they want to share. But if you have doubt and you want to consult with someone to solve your doubt specifically for you, how do you go for that? I see. Uh, if you refer to data science, I usually uh, ask, like, send a personal message to them. Uh, to ask them, or um, if someone I'm looking for is based in Singapore, I'll just mm -hmm. catch up with him or her um, just to understand more about the, okay. the problems that uh, I'm facing and see what advice that he or she mm -hmm. will have uh, mm -hmm. for me. So I think, mm -hmm. um, but nowadays because of COVID, we do all in Zoom call. Yeah. We are doing this. Yeah. So it's fine. Okay. Everyone actually could be mentor around you, but uh, mm -hmm. just that how you want to seek out your, your mentor. 
Yeah, yeah. The power of the network, right? It's like everyone has their knowledge pack, something you can learn from. Just reach out and ask your questions. Yes, and it's not just your peer. I mean, uh-huh. uh, to me, I think it's good to uh, seek mentorship. I mean, when I say mentorship, I mean just maybe a simple advice could be a mentorship as well. It's not yeah. like long-term mentorship, mm-hmm. right? Uh-huh. Uh, instead of your peer, I would say you can also try to seek advice from someone who is super high level, uh, maybe director level, or someone who is with a company running data science projects. So seek advice from them, you might know something that you might not even be aware of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, sounds very good. I think I've extracted a lot of good insight from your side. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience that we haven't touched upon? I think we touched a lot, lots on the personal branding part, but to mm-hmm. me, uh, if you really want to understand more about personal brand, uh, I would say try to focus on one channel first. Mm-hmm. So when we are starting out, we tend to focus, should I focus on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever, right? Uh, but from my experience, I think uh, start off with LinkedIn. LinkedIn, okay. Data science community. Mm-hmm. And it's a job search platform. So when you are building your brand, HR, recruiting, you know, recruiters, headhunters, they are already looking at you. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of time before they come and look out for you. Hey, I have an opportunity here. Do you want to, you know, come for an interview? Mm-hmm. So this... Um, something that I think is quite important. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's focus on LinkedIn first. And once you are familiar with LinkedIn's ecosystem, you're going to start asking yourself, am I, uh, am I more passionate about writing, speaking, or whatever, right? If you're passionate mm-hmm. about writing, then go for media. If speaking, go for podcast. You know, if media, <laughs> good. Take a video. And YouTube. Uh-huh. Yeah, YouTube, right? Whatever. Uh-huh. So that YouTube. depends on the format. Yeah. yeah, I I also want to add because I also talk with my friends in the data circle. YouTube is just such an amazing resource for learning anything, but for data yeah. science especially. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or maybe even Clubhouse if you are interested in trying out Clubhouse. Sure, sure, yeah. Because I don't have an iPhone. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm uh, in the Clubhouse community, but maybe I should explore more data science community within there and see how it goes. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Good yeah. reminder. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much, Edmond. And for people who are interested in learning more about you, your project, your course, how should they reach out? What's the best way to contact you? LinkedIn, please. Okay. <laughs> we'll yeah, share your LinkedIn as well. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so thank much you. for sharing. And I think the insight about personal branding is really a needed exposure for anyone who is in the field to know not only we need to develop professional knowledge but like kind of introducing us our work to the world in a more understandable and easy to absorb way is so key and for us career development is always something we should intertwine into our day-to-day progress so appreciate very much for your insight and Thank you again. Thanks, Demi. I really appreciate the time to talk with you. I really learned a lot as well. So hope you or the audience find it helpful. And till then, I'll look forward to chatting with you again. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Thank, Thank you. you. Data for Future, we'll see you next episode.